Y'all may have a seat, and uh, y'all can go ahead and turn in your Bibles to uh, John chapter number 10 this morning. And uh, Everett, we love you, buddy. (laughs) John chapter number 10. And uh, of course, this morning, we're starting our discipleship intensive. And the uh, discipleship intensive is, uh, we've entitled, My Sheep Hear My Voice and They Follow Me. And, um, and so I uh, just kind of want to, uh, you know, set the stage a little bit about what we're going to be looking at when we think about this discipleship intensive. So, so, of course, you know, when we think about my sheep, hear my voice and follow me, we're talking about uh, what it means to hear God's voice. And this morning, what I want to be able to do is kind of uh, uh, talk about this conceptually this morning about what, what, what do we mean when we say you know, uh, I've heard God's voice, or God was telling me the other day, and things of that nature. Um, really, and as, as we do this, I really want to also, my, my aim will be to hit a pressure release valve, because I think that there's a lot of pressure around that. And, um, and, and, and there's a lot of anxiety, there can be fear, there can be despair or despondency around it. And we just kind of want to, we, we, we want to hit that pressure release valve and just be able to say, okay, hey, when we talk about it, and when we're talking about it this week, this is what we're talking about, right? So maybe you, maybe you have like a concept in your mind and that needs to be deconstructed a little bit, needs to be uh, worked over, you know, and you need to go, okay, I, I got to let that go. That can't hang on anymore. Um, uh, maybe, maybe you're going to find that some of the things that we say are, are affirming to to, to, to beliefs that you already ho- have, and, and we want that to be uh, further established. But, but that's what I'm going to do this morning. Then tonight, we're going to come back at 5 o'clock tonight, and Miss Terry Norris, is, she's, she's going to lead us through. Um, it, it's, like a, it's, a, it's a resource. It's a template. It's a tool, but, but uh, she's going to lead us through um, uh, what it means to, like, how, how we can sit and, and we can uh, pray, um, we can worship, we can go to the scripture and how we can also, uh, in our prayer, listen to God's voice. And so, um, so um, uh, if, if you pay attention to these cool little books that we have here, um, uh, Miss Terry has uh, the bulk, the, the, the lion's share of this book is her notes uh, that she has provided for y'all. Um, that tells you a couple things. A, she is way more prepared uh, <laughs> of, a, of an early preparer than I am, and, I'm, and, and I was just like, Cool, Terry. Awesome. Um, but uh, so that tells you that. But uh, but also um, it tells you that she 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 cares and she put time, energy, and effort in 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 and uh, and she sat with the Lord and she 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 listened to the Lord about how she wanted to prepare this. And so I really want to encourage y'all to, as we come back tonight, she's not just going to teach. We're going to practice this. We're going to engage in this practice together. And uh, I, I think it's going to be a fruitful and beautiful time. Uh, we'll also have some food for y'all tonight. Um, uh, so, um, so, uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll spend some time in here probably, and then and then we'll break and we'll go eat, and then we'll kind of wrap up our session in the back in our in our cool new um, uh, you know cafe fellowship area connect time place whatever we want to call it. Um, and uh, and then tomorrow night we have a special guest with us, and she's here this morning. Uh, her, uh, Wendy Scott. Wendy Scott's been a friend of ours for a number of years. Uh, she uh, served as a children's pastor at uh, Antioch Community Church for a number of years, and um, and just recently she uh, she she stepped away from that position so that she could enter into a position with Fuller Theological Seminary. Um, and uh, she's a recruiter for Fuller Theological Seminary, but she's a super gifted, talented teacher. 
um, and um, and she's going to lead us through a practice of how, 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 once we've received God's word, how can we evaluate and discern, um, you know, God's voice using scriptures? And then, and then, like, how do we put that in practice? And so, um, so that's what we're going to be looking at over the next, uh, let's say, uh, how many hours that is. You know, um, it's going to probably over the next six hours or so, I guess, um, depending on how long I keep you here today. Um, we might just be here all day. Do you, are y'all ready for that? Yeah. So, so um, as we begin to think about this, this is what we're doing. Uh, I'm going to ask you right now if you can just, I like to pray, uh, just to kind of set, center my heart and my mind. I know we've already had some prayer this morning, but, but if you'll just bow with me for a word of prayer before we get going any further. And maybe just taking a deep, big, deep breath, let it out. Maybe we just get connected to the fact that we're here, we're in this moment, we're not in another moment. We're not in another space, we're in this space. We're not floating, we are grounded, we are settled. Lord God, I love you and I thank you for who you are. God, I pray and I, 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 I come to you and Lord, this is what I want to say, this is your time. We've devoted this time to you and so Lord, we're asking of you that during this time, Lord, we want to we want to we want to honor this time that we've given to you. But but we come, we're longing, we're hungry, and so Lord, we're 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 seeking to be nourished. Uh, and so God, we pray and we ask that you would provide the nourishment that we need. And and Lord, all of us individually need nourishment in different ways. We might have different questions, might have different pains, hurts, traumas. We might have different uh, struggles, battles that we're facing, Lord, within and without. So we pray that your spirit, as you're able to do, that you administer to us individually. But then also, Lord, we come as a collective whole. We come as a, as a unified body, Lord. A, a, a group of people who you've, you, you've called together to, to, to worship with one another, to serve with one another, along whom we walk in discipleship. And so, Lord, we pray and we ask that even as we gather, not just this morning, but throughout the next uh, several sessions, Lord, that, that not do you only speak to us individually, but would you speak to us as a, as a body? We've had a lot of loss this last year. And over the last several years, we've seen you know, transformation and loss and change and, and we've seen newness and, and Lord, we're, we're, we as a body, we just kind of want to say, okay, Lord, just continue to lead us, guide us and direct us. Give us a unified vision as we go forward. Affirm us where we need to be affirmed. Encourage us, Lord. Set a new course if you need to set a new course, Lord. We're, we're, we're coming for you and we want you to speak to us. Lord, I pray and I ask that you would be with us today. And Lord, even as I'm thinking about it, there's churches meeting all over the uh, all over our community this morning, and I lift them up to you too, Lord. We don't want you just to be present here. We're we're thankful that you're present in all those other congregations, and we ask that the uh, Lord that you would uh, t today uh, across not only just our community but uh, everywhere where people are gathered in your name, they will experience your presence, Lord, and your grace and your peace. Lord, I pray all these things in Christ's mighty, resurrected name. Amen. 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 All right. This morning, uh, I'm going to be uh, taking over the, the slides. Uh, so, um, so I will have my phone in my hand. And, 
and, and hopefully I'll be able to do this pretty well. Um, sometimes that works for me, sometimes it doesn't. As we gather here this morning, I want us to kind of, I, I just thought about this quote um, from Henry Nguyen uh, that is such a beautiful quote, and, uh, and I want it to kind of be something that just sets the stage for us. And he says, it is really important that there is a moment in your life that you are alone with God. Some days it can be five minutes, it can be ten minutes. But he asks the question, is it anywhere? Is there any place in your busy day that you stop and you say, here I am, this needy, lonely, anguished, confused person in front of you, and I want to hear again that you love me. Otherwise, I may lose it. Let me ask you this. Have you ever approached God and said, if I don't hear from you, I may lose it? Have you ever felt it, but maybe felt afraid to say it? And I love the, the, the freedom that this invites us to. Is, is, it's not, God, I, I, I need to know what to do so I can go do it. I just need you to nourish me. My soul longs for God. Like deer long for water, the psalmist says. And if I lose it, then I will go all over the place. You are my shepherd, and there's nothing I shall want, though I want all those things. But you are my shepherd, so I want to claim that truth. And the truth is that in the deepest sense, all that I need is given to me. What this says is you and I, don't go and attain all that we need. All we need is gift. It's grace. It's given to us. The shepherd isn't, isn't saying, hey, I, I'm going to show you what you need to do to bring the deepest sense of satisfaction for yourself. He says, I will supply everything that you need. It's gift. It's given. So, is there a space? Is there a time that you've made? Some of y'all, this is my supposition, I could be wrong, but I would imagine some of you have, 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 have dedicate this space, this time each and every day, and you've done it for years and years and years as a discipline. Some of you um, uh, feel very confident in going to the Lord and, and, and bowing before him and, 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 and receiving what you need from him. I imagine that there's others who it kind of comes in Fits and stops, you know, you, 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 you have these seasons and you're, okay, I'm going to get after it again. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set aside my daily quiet time and I'm going to pursue the Lord. And then life starts to happen. And, 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 it, and you don't feel freedom in that. You feel shame and you feel guilt. It's like whenever I say to somebody who wasn't at church uh, on Sunday morning, I say, hey, we missed you. Oh, let me just tell you what. I didn't, I didn't ask for an excuse. I was just telling you that I love you and I missed you. Uh, I used to, I haven't thought about this in a while, but there's uh, some ladies in our church who, um, one of them, her dad said, uh, do you think, you feel guilty for breathing air. <laughs> and uh, and uh, anytime that I would talk to them and they would just like start like, you know, just pouring out, oh, oh, I feel so bad about this, I'm so, and they're wonderful people, I mean, some of the best people on the face of the planet, actually, and I would be like, hey, look, this is not a confessional, 
Like <laughs> my mom used to say, my collar's not on backwards, you know, like the, uh, I don't have one of those collars, right? Uh, this is not a confessional booth. I, I'm just your, you know, I'm your brother, your sister. I love you, you know, but that's how you feel. And, and, and then, and then that, that doesn't draw you to the Lord. That actually creates a wedge between you having this time. Um, and some of, some of you, really, I, I would imagine some of you have been very frustrated. You've sat down and you've like read scripture and then you're going, I just don't get it. Like it's not saying anything to me. And this is where we believe that discipleship is not just a saying where we say, hey, here's your Bible and the Holy Spirit's going to be good. Like discipleship is where we have to walk with one another. We get to teach one another. And it's necessary for us to do this. I mean, this is an ancient text. Ancient, thousands upon thousands of years old. Written over thousands of years. In different cultural contexts than you and I find ourselves. Right? It, it, it's dealing with... with, with <laughs> It is dealing with the depth of theology. And the greatest mystery that this world has known is, 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 is striving and longing. Who is God? Who is the divine? But yeah, you have no training. You have no experience. You just go open it up. That'll do you good. I always love too where everybody's like, hey, just go start reading John, John's gospel. I'm like, John's gospel? That's the one that we were told to read. John's the most enigmatic gospel that there is. It's amazing. But God's spirit is not shortened, and he's been beautiful, and he works through these things. But we believe that discipleship means that we have to walk with one another. And so if you have been one of those people who's just been frustrated, uh, this is especially where we want you to key in and clue in and go, hey, what we're doing here this week is, is we want to walk with one another into this practice. Um, I, I, I want you all to see this. Um, this is an aim that I have. I, I don't even think I, I shared this with you. We've talked about this around, but we'll never put it into like an actual statement until I, I thought it was necessary. Our desire through this weekend um, is to cultivate a longing and hunger for our shepherd's voice that is rooted in love and hope. A longing and hunger that's rooted in love and hope. Oh, whenever I say that, I'm, we're not trying to create anxiety. Oh, you need to hear God's voice every day. Oh, no, I need to hear God's voice every day. How many of y'all felt that, that anxiety? Oh, no, I should be. Oh, is, and, then, and then what does that do? Does that clear up things? Oh, is that God's voice? Is this God's voice? So-and-so said this, and, and now, I, now it's sitting in my brain, and it's uh, hanging on in there. We don't want to create anxiety. This is not to, to arouse a sense of shame and guilt. You know, not a, 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 an ungodly sense of shame and guilt, right? This is to, to, to cultivate a, a longing. God, I like the deer pants. I want to hear your voice. I need you to speak. I need to be reminded that you love me today because I've not been very lovely today. Or life hasn't been very lovely to me today. So this is uh, kind of the desire. So here's what we're going to do this, in, over the next few minutes. This is what I want us to do. Uh, I want us to think about the verse that we have before us. It comes out of John chapter number 10, verse number 27. And uh, very simply, it's my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. We've taken this idea of my sheep, they hear my voice, and they follow me. I know them is an aspect to this that we're going to talk about a little bit, but, um, but this is kind of our, our, driving, uh, our driving theme today. I want to talk about my sheep, and, um, and, and, and so as we do so, I want us to think a little bit about the context 
that this text, that we find this, this statement in, that Jesus says this originally. Then I want us to think about the shepherd image. Right? The shepherd image, what does that bring to mind? What, what, what's Jesus hinting on and what's he picking up uh, from, from not just from like this idea of shepherds, but even of the biblical concept of the shepherd image? Uh, then I want to talk about like some of the terminology that we use when we talk about that kind of leads naturally into this idea of terminology that we use when we talk about hearing God's voice. And throughout it, we're going to have we'll have some examples of, of uh, in Scripture where we've seen people who, who, who God's given them. He's talked to them and he's given them direction and, and, and directives and, 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 and encouragement and, and all these sorts of things. And so and so like we want to go and we want to glean a little bit as we think through those examples there. So let's just start out with this, John uh, chapter number 10, um, and we're going to look at the uh, the context of this, and let me make sure I have this. Okay, um, so John chapter number 10, um, we're going to pick up in verse 22 in just a few minutes, but let me just say this very briefly to set the stage. This uh, this statement that Jesus makes in the Gospel of John, especially in the, uh, the immediate context and the broader context of the Gospel of John, it is a statement in which uh, there has been this question all the way beginning at John chapter number 3 when Nicodemus came to him. And he, and, he, and he hints and he alludes at the question. And the question is about Jesus and his identity. Is he from God? Is he sent from God? Is, 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 he, is he authorized by God? Is, is, is his work and his, his, his teaching uh, legitimized by God, right? Who is this Jesus, this, this one who can work miracles? Nicodemus says it like this. He says, we know that nobody could do the miraculous works that you do unless they were sent by God. He says, we know this, like that, that, that seems to be a given, but you find out in John's gospel, that's not a given actually, that it's challenged all the way throughout. And in fact, in chapter number seven, uh, there's, there's this long drama that, that, that begins to play out when Jesus goes to Jerusalem and, and he's there teaching. And, and again, this question of his identity, it comes about and, 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 and they're asking him, who, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Who are you really? Like, well, like you get the idea that some people are asking this question genuinely, like, who are you? Like, are you, are you the one that we've been waiting for, right? Or, or do we look for another? And then you get the idea that some people are asking this question so that they can trip him up, so that they can catch him, so that they can accuse him. And, and, and actually, in, in, in John chapter 7, 8 and 9, there's, uh, Jesus is in Jerusalem. He's, he's in Jerusalem for the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of Booth or Sukkot. And he is there and he, he teaches. And they ask him this question. Then he heals a blind man who was blind from birth. And they begin to ask the blind man, who healed you? And of course, he was blind, so he didn't see him. And so he's like, I don't know. All I know is I was blind and now I can see. And they're like, well, what do you think about the guy who healed you? And he says, I mean, it makes sense to me that if somebody's healing people, that that's the work of God. That's a good thing, right? And and they're like, well, you think you're going to teach us? And they cast him out of the synagogue, right? And then and then there's these, um, the Pharisees are gathered around him, and Jesus says, hey, I came into this world. This is at the very end of John chapter number nine. He says, I came into this world um, uh, so that uh, so, so that, 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 that those who are blind can see. And he says, and as a judgment or a verdict against those who claim that they can see. And they will find out, hey, you're actually being blind. And then they ask the question that they say to Jesus, are we blind also? Is it a genuine question? Is it a, are we blind also? Are you calling us blind too? I, I, we have to, we can imagine it in various ways. But their question is, are we blind 
also. And then Jesus launches in and he begins to use the image of the shepherd. And that's whenever at the beginning of John chapter number 10, he says, I am the good shepherd. Right? And he begins picking up this image of the shepherd. And then, um, and, and then he does a whole teaching and it says that he, whenever he uses the image of the shepherd, the first time they go, what, what did he just talk about? And then he says, well, let me go another tack. And he says, I'm actually the door to the sheepfold. Like nobody gets in except for through me. But he says, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep follow me. Uh, I, I, the, I, they come in and out and they go and they find green pasture. And so he begins to pick up this image of the, of, of the shepherd. And then actually what happens is, is there's no real resolution to that story. But several months later, Jesus is back in Jerusalem for Hanukkah. And it's when he's back in Jerusalem for Hanukkah that we pick up and he comes right back to this shepherd narrative uh, or image again. And he says, and it was at Jerusalem at the Feast of Dedication and it was winter and Jesus walked in, temp in the temple in Solomon's porch. And then came the Jews or, uh, around about him. And they said unto him, these are people from Jerusalem. They're coming around about him. They're religious leaders are uh, potentially uh, in, in mind in John's gospel whenever they're talking about the Jews. right? And it says, they came around about him and they said unto him, how long dost thou make us to doubt? If you be the Christ, if you're the Messiah, tell us plainly. Again, it's a question about his identity. How long are you going to keep us stringing us along here, Jesus? How long are you going to keep doing this? And Jesus answered them and he said, I told you and you've not believed me. Listen, the works that I do in my father's name, they are the witness. They are the testimony about who I am. But you continue to not believe, but you believe not. And here's why. Because you are not of my sheep. Said unto you. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give unto them eternal life, zoe, zoe life. I give abundant life and e everlasting life. They shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. The context that Jesus is speaking is to people who keep questioning who he is, who his identity is. And he says to those people, you keep asking this question because you don't know me. You don't know me. My sheep don't have to ask this question. My sheep don't have to ask the question about who I am. So here's what I would say is, is first when we think about this, right? Do you have questions about who Jesus is? Right? Is it settled? Is it established? Do you trust that he is the liberating king? Right? His sheep don't question that. And, and, and if you do have that question, that's not to say, how dare you have that question? No, no, no. It's an honest question. I would rather you be very honest and say, I'm not really sure. That's a better place to start from. That's a real good place to start from. It's to go, you know what? I, I don't know. But his sheep know him. And why do they know him? Because they, the works that he does, they testify who he is. 
right? So we have the Gospels, and they've reported what, what Jesus is, not only like the miracles that he's done, but, but also his character, what, what he's about, who he is, right? Whenever he says, I'm the shepherd, he doesn't just say, hey, I'm like one of the run-of-the-mill shepherds. He says, I'm the good shepherd. Like his sheep know that he is good. They know that Jesus is good. He's, he's for your good. He's not just good in and of himself. He's for your good. He, he, says, he says, I give them eternal. I give them zoe. I give them abundant life. Some of us in, in the church, we, we, have, we have been so misled and, we, and we, 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 we maybe we're misled or maybe we just have wrong suppositions ourselves, but we think, man, God just wants to put us through the ringer. In fact, you, you should understand that like, like a lot of like... Uh, uh, there's a lot of theologies, and I think a lot of it's rooted in uh, Platonism, Plato, a Plato uh, philosophy, but this idea that life is just supposed to be this crucible, and it's a test like to see if you can get out. And a lot of people think, that's, that's what my faith is. God just wants me to suffer. Actually, in fact, God says, in Jesus, he says, I came to give life and to give it abundant, flourishing life, good life. That does not mean life without pain, without cancer, without the valley of the shadow of darkness. It does not mean life without experiencing loss, death, trauma. It means a life that in the midst of loss, death, trauma, cancers, stubbing your toe in the middle of the night, right? Because sometimes it's just that much. It doesn't take much more than that, does it? I'll, I'll face cancer with great dignity, but I can't. I, I, I kicked my, my big toe, and I lost it. I kicked the dog after that. You know, it's like, but I'll face cancer with dignity. You know? like sometimes it just takes a stubbing or toe. But, but he says, I like, the life that I came to give you is a life that in the midst of all the pain, all the sorrow, all the suffering, all the trauma, you can have a deep sense of abiding joy. You can have a deep sense of peace in the midst of chaos. You can experience this that's at hand, the abundant life. And it comes from the shepherd. So he says the one, so the context that we want to think about is the people who know him because they know his, his, his works, his, his attitude, his actions, the miracles that he does, the fact that he rose from death on the third day, like you trust, that reveals that he is the liberating king. He is the king of kings and lord of lords. He's the one who uh, is, is, is going to ride in with his vesture dipped in blood already. And so the sort of question, do you trust? And if you do trust, then he, what he says is, it's not an anxious thing. It's not a. It's not a groping along in a dark room, like trying to find a light switch thing. He says, "You will be able to hear my voice. You will be able to discern my voice. You will hear me." And now, I do believe that we have to get attuned to His voice. We have to learn the discernment process. That's why we're here. This week, but I want us to talk about this image of shepherd, and of course, this image of shepherd famously comes out of Psalm twenty-three, and, and, and it's used elsewhere to talk about like people, like the, the he'll he'll call like the leaders of 
uh, of Israel. He'll call them um, shepherds, or he'll say they don't have a shepherd. They, they're, they're like a sheep without shepherds. They're scattered abroad, right? The, the, the prophets talk about this. But the, but, the, but the primary image that we get when we think about the, the shepherd is Psalm 23. And in, in fact, y'all should also understand this. Like, shepherd is not the, the, the majority report of God in the Old Testament. Like, whenever people are t- d- describing God, a lot of times they talk about, like, warrior image, or strong tower, a refuge. He's my shield. He, he's my shield, and he, 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 he allows me to quench the fiery darts and, and all these kinds of things. It's all this war image, and, and there's a minority report about God being a, 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 a father, and Jesus uses the minority report of, hey, let's talk about God as a father. There's a minority report about, uh, you know, God even being like a mom, like bouncing Israel on its knees in Isaiah. And Jesus is not, not ashamed to be like, hey, God is, you know, he's so masculine. He can be playful and he can be comforting. He can be nurturing. Right? And then there's a minority report that God is a shepherd, but it's one of the most famous texts that we have, Psalm 23. And here's the two things that I want us to get out of Psalm 23. Y'all know Psalm 23. And if you don't know Psalm 23, or maybe, you, maybe you're too accustomed to talk, Psalm 23, and you're like, ah, oh, it's just Psalm 23. It's not just Psalm 23. It's Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack what did Nguyen say everything in the deepest sense everything that I have is given to me the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want he makes me to lie down in green pastures he leads me beside the still waters he restores my soul even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil because you are with me, you're present. He switches up the imagery here a little bit. He says, he says even you, what you do is you, you make this feast in the midst of my enemies. You, you allow me to sit down and eat a meal in the midst of people who are out to get me. I can sit down and eat. I can I, I, I don't have to sit out and eat. I can sit down. I can recline at the table and I can take in the drink and the food and, and, and my enemies are all about me. He says, <clears throat> he says uh, uh, you, you allow my cup to run over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Two things that I want us to get out of this image of a shepherd is the shepherd brings his sheep to where they can be nourished. My sheep hear my voice. Well, what does that mean? Well, he needs to tell us all the things that we need to do. Well, first, let's stop and let's say, no, no, my sheep hear my voice, and I lead them out to pasture, is what Jesus says in John chapter number 10. And it goes from the shepherd in Psalm 23, who says, "Uh, uh, 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 the Lord is my shepherd, and he leads me to the green pastures. 
He doesn't take me to the raging waters because he knows as a little sheep, I'm real scared of raging waters. <laughs> if it's moving too fast, I won't go near it and I will become thirsty. He takes me to the still water. He nourishes me. So this, this idea of the shepherd is, is about nourishment. So when we talk about hearing God's voice, the first thing that we should start to think about is that he nourishes us. It's what Nguyen says whenever he says, you go to God and you go, I need you to tell me again that you love me. I need you to tell me again that you love me because if you don't, I may lose it. <laughs> I may lose it. I may lose my mind. I may lose control. I may lose my sense of direction. I may lose my bearings. I may lose it if you do not nourish me and tell me again that you love me. <laughs> and Jesus tells us, Hey, everything that he is about is to reveal to us that God loves us. His sheep know that he loves us. And they know his voice will say, hey, once again, I love you with an everlasting love, a love that will never give up. So I want us to think about nourishment. All right. And then I also want us from the shepherd imagery, let's think about whenever he says, uh, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. I don't want us to think about presence. We hear the shepherd's voice, not just so that we can get our marching orders. We hear the shepherd's voice so that we can be reminded, oh, I'm not alone. <laughs> he, he, he was true. He was right. Whenever he says, hello, he, he, uh, he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you even until the end of the age. He's still there. He's still present. So again, I want us to re remember our aim here is not to build up anxiety and, and, and the sense of guilt and shame. Our, our, our aim here is to give us a sense of, 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 of longing and hunger that's rooted in love and hope that you can hear God's voice. You can hear the voice of our shepherd through his spirit. He will speak to you. And why he does this is because he wants to nourish you. And he wants to remind you, I'm still with you. I've never left you. I'm never forsaken you. It's never going to happen. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing you've done. Nothing that's been done to you. No, none of these calamities, none of these trials, none of these fires. None of it keeps you separated from me. So, when we think about that, I, I want us to now just kind of come to this idea. Okay, so so the the idea is that we are getting nourished and we are getting uh, and, and we're reminded of God's presence. So so then now let's just think about some of our terminology that we use. People go, well, God told me the other day. Well, what do we mean when we say God told me the other day? Did you hear an audible voice? I can tell you, I've never heard an audible voice of God. I remember Brother Mitch, he tells us his testimony um, about how he finally uh, wised up and, and realized that uh, he, was, um, he, he had been given this gift of this beautiful uh, woman and this beautiful wife and Miss Felisa. He was praying in his office one day and he was praying for his son because his son is, is in his 30s and he's in ministry and he doesn't have a wife yet. And so, you know, anybody who knows somebody in Idaho Falls, y'all just, uh, you know, get them connected. But anyway. He was praying for his son and he was listing all the things that his son needed in a wife that he as a good father was praying for his son and his father in heaven said, hey, doofus. <laughs> he didn't really say that. He said, hey, son. He would say, oh, I was a doofus. But no, he said, hey, son, I've given you this in her. And he said it wasn't audible, but it, it might as well have been. 
You hear people say things like, well, the Lord impressed upon me. I know Brother Ron Sokol, he would always say that. I don't like to say that God spoke to me because that sounds kind of like th- that, that could be kind of weird for people. Um, you know, he said, so I always just say like the Lord impressed upon me this. And so like, are we listening for an audible voice? Um, are, we, are, 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 are we looking for a vision? People, like some of the examples, I think about like Abraham. Abraham heard from God, go out of Ur of the Chaldees. This is what I think is crazy. Genesis chapter number uh, 12, it's like we have no context for God speaking to him. And we just see, now the Lord has said unto Abraham, get thee out of thy country. How? It doesn't tell us if it was a vision. It doesn't tell us if there's an angel of the Lord. It doesn't tell us Abraham was sitting there deep in prayer one night and then the Lord... um, impressed upon him something it just says god said and then you're like okay that's cool but how did he get there <laughs> like how did he get to where he heard god's voice but in genesis chapter number 15 uh, we find that uh uh do i have it oh no i didn't put it in there well bummer all right genesis chapter 15 we find that jesus or that that that, that the lord comes to abraham in a vision and that's the time whenever Abraham, hey, you said that you were going to give me a son, but I still don't have a son. But I do have Eliezer. He's been a really good servant to me. Is he the one who is going to, that's going to get the inheritance and who my blessing needs to fall on? And the Lord says, no, 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 no. It's going to come from your own, <laughs> from your own self. I'll put it that way. So I think it's important for us when we, think about it and we and we have this terminology like well god, god spoke to me god said i want to hear god's voice that um that i a i'll say this i don't believe god's hand is shortened and that he cannot give you visions i do not believe that his hand is shortened or that anything has changed so that he will not you know uh speak to you audibly god can do whatever god wants to do through his spirit and jesus tells us the spirit blows as it was like like jesus is like you just let the spirit do whatever the spirit wants right um uh we we cannot read it's just not really good theologically for us and and it gets us in 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 contest with people when we're like well that doesn't happen anymore there's nothing there's no good biblical reason why we would say those things don't happen anymore and we've talked about that before at this church. And if you have questions about that and you want to ask me about it, we can have coffee or lunch or just hang out at our cafe and we can go through and we can look at that text together. But I can promise you, like from what we look and we read and we interpret, there's no good reason for us to say, man, God just doesn't do things like that anymore. So all those options are on the table. But when we're going to talk about it today, we're going to talk about this. This is primarily what we're going to be looking for. We're going to be walking through and we're going to be uh, using songs and scripture. We're going to be listening for uh, phrases that come out of a song or phrases that come out of a scripture, uh, words that start resonating with you. And we're going to trust that the Holy Spirit of God, the shepherd, our good shepherd, is, is, is he's, he's placing those things on our heart. And, and, and that's what we're going to begin to, 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 to kind of process through and work through so that we can go, hey, look, I was reading scripture and something jumped out to me. And that wasn't just because I'm so clever and it jumped out to me. <laughs> it wasn't because, you know, like, and, 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 and sometimes, this is what I want to say too when we think about this terminology. I think sometimes we think it has to be more than it is. 
But sometimes you just need to be told, hey, do you remember that I love you? Well, that's it. That's all you're going to tell me today? Yeah, because that's what you need today. So when we use this terminology, not only do, do, do we kind of get clouded because like, what does it look like? It can be. I, I have no problem with it because visions, with it being audible, miraculous ways for God to do it. I, I think by and large for a lot of us, it, it, it actually comes in that like still small voice. And it's God like bringing a thought or bringing a concept to mind as we worship, as we pray, as people are talking to us, and then him affirming that and confirming that. Um, and so that, that's one thing. The other thing is it does not have to be this dare to be great situation. It's about nourishment. It's about giving me my food for today that I need today. It's about nourishing me, my soul today. And, and with that nourishment, there might be direction and guidance that he gives us. Right? But it's not like if you think, man, God, he really wants me to do something special today. You know what he wants you to do special today? He wants you to be. He wants you to be fully present, be fully human, be, be knowing that you're fully loved by God. He wants you to be fully loving towards others. That's what he wants from us each and every day. I, I, I want to remind you, like when we think about the story of Abraham, Abraham has these moments, and it's Genesis 12, Genesis 15, uh, Genesis 18, Genesis 22, like these expanses uh, of time where you don't have Abraham talking to God about the promise. God comes to him and he talks to him about the promise and then he leaves him with that promise. And so some days Abraham just had to probably remember God's given me a promise and I'm going to hold on to that. But then there were times where he goes, okay, okay God, about that promise, do you remember? Do you remember the promise you made with me? Can we have a conversation about that? So I, 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 I want us to think about this this way is there was like a long time where God just said, hey, here's the promise. Go in the strength knowing that I have given you this promise. And whenever you run out of strength out of that, I'll give you, I'll, I'll talk to you again. Sometimes he doesn't have to give you something brand new or, 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 or world, you know, like, like, like I just discovered the mysteries of the world. I want us to remember this. We live in a busy, high-paced culture. It's, it's, it's the craziest culture that human history has ever known. All that we are doing, uh, and we're so busy, and, and, and especially we're always about profitability and productivity in our American culture where, where, um, where we're driven by consumerism and capitalism. And, 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 and so we have to understand, like, we, we think things very differently than they would think in Scripture. For thousands of years, people did not have the Bible in their hands. So God wasn't going, hey, you better read your Bible and pray every day. Like, that just was not the mantra for, for thousands of years. Remember the stories. Remember what you've been told. Moms and dads, tell your children the stories again and again and again, right? That kind of idea was there. But, but also think about this. People were working in fields and they were living with their families and, and generations of families would be living together. And it was just slow paced. And God wasn't going, oh, I can't believe they're not doing enough. God was fine with it. Like he allowed humanity to live like this for a long time. We, we didn't arrive at something when we got, you know, so busy and our calendars are so full. And you better tell me how busy you've been because that's your mark of success. So everything's on the table, but we're going to talk about hearing God's voice through worship, through scripture, listening and allowing that God's, like, the things that jump out at us that we can say, hey, God, this is what I hear. 
It's just what it is. It's not, God's not going to call us into these dare to be great situations all the time. You're probably not going to, you know, most of us are not going to be uh, given the, the, the secret mysteries of the world. They're going to be left there for us to ask one day when we meet him face to face. He, uh, he, he, he's going to nourish us. He's going to remind us that he's present. That's what we're kind of looking for when we think about, hey, what do we mean when we're talking about listening to God? Um, I, I'll, I'll even say this. It, we don't necessarily need to go, I need to have it every day. I have the story about Elijah uh, if, out of 1 Kings 19. Elijah was being hunted down by this wicked queen. There was a bounty on his head, and he had just gone through like, like, like a whole bunch of stuff, and he thought, man, I'm, we're going to see victory, and they didn't see victory, and he gets more, more, more uh, struggle, more obstacle against them, and he goes, and he sits under this juniper tree, and he says, man, I wish I were never born. <laughs> I like that. I just, I'm so done, and, and, and the angel of the Lord comes to him, and he wakes him up, and he feeds him. He nourishes him, and he says, okay, go back to sleep, and then he wakes him up again, and he nourishes him, and it says he goes in the strength of this meat for 40 days. Uh, yes, um, yeah, it's right here in, um, uh, 1 Kings 19, 7, 8, the angel of the Lord came again a second time, touched him and said, arise and eat because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and he did eat and drink and he went in the strength of that meat for 40 days and 40 nights under Horeb, the Mount of God. Right? So we're not looking for, you know, just like. Uh, yeah, ah, you don't have to be anxious all oh, every day. I, God, God, you, God's patient, and he he might go, "Hey, look, I told you this, and I'm going to tell you again. I'm going to affirm it, but you don't need to find something brand new today. You can go into strength of this for a while." Um. Then the other thing about it is when we talk about it, um, is uh, we always talk about the still small voice, right? Um, and that's kind of what we're listening for is this still small voice. I'll say this. God doesn't always speak in a still small voice. He is able to do whatever he wants. But for the story with Elijah and in his, and in this moment, I think there's a lot of imagery to this idea that, that God came to him in still small voice. But here's, here's, we'll read this story and we'll see that, hey, he does do this. It says he came thither into a cave. Elijah came into a cave. He lodged there, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said unto him, Why are you here, Elijah? What dost thou hear? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant. They've thrown down thine altars, and they have slain thy prophets with the sword, and I, even I only, am left alone, and they seek my life to take it away. I'm very frustrated because I've been very jealous. I have, I have tried to lead the children of Israel back to uh, righteousness, back to uh, worship of you. And, and yet, um, and yet what I'm finding out is that they've, uh, uh, that even though I have, I have, I have fought and I have defended in your name, he says, I'm the only one left. I'm the only prophet left and those who seek my life. And there's still those who seek my life to take it. And the Lord said, go forth, stand upon uh, the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great strong wind rent the mountain so a huge wind comes and it broke in pieces and rocks uh before the lord but the lord was not in the wind and after the wind an earthquake but the lord was not in the earthquake and after the earthquake a fire but the lord was not in the fire and after the fire a still small voice so G or so the lord asked him and he says hey what are you doing here and he tells him and, he, and it's like multiple times that god asked him this 
And whenever he comes, he doesn't come in this great big show of anger or violence. Or he says, okay, I know where you're at. And he comes and he sits down and he talks to him and he, in a still small voice. And he says to him, uh, he goes, here's what you're going to do. Here's, your, here, here's a plan. I know right now you're scared. But look at me. I can imagine God just look at me right in the eye. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Okay. Here's what's going to happen. And so I, I would say this, we go to the Lord for nourishment and for presence, but whenever we're seeking his presence, I think also we should understand there's going to be direction and guidance in there. And sometimes we're going to go to the Lord and go, I don't know what to do. And he's going to go, okay, okay. And he's going to sit us down and he's going to talk to us. Um, I had some notes on all of these things, but I just wanted to put up there for y'all just so that y'all could see. When we talked about... Um, getting uh, the terminology that we want to use and, and, and how we get it. And, 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 and when we talk about going to the Lord and hearing his voice, this is the biggest thing that we want to think about is like we want nourishment. We want presence of the Lord. Uh, we want his truth, the truth about him, the truth about us, the truth about situations. We need affirmation of his love, of his goodness. Uh, his correction is going to be merciful. I always tell people this, if you are hearing an accusatory, condemning voice, remember that the enemy is called the accuser, not our Lord. Our Lord, I believe, will come to you and say, because you're my son, this is what you need to do. You need to remember these things. Not if you were really my son, you would be doing this stuff. We like to do that to each other too. If you're a really good Christian, you wouldn't be doing this, that, and the other. Or you would be doing this, that, and the other. Now, self-awareness, this is a big thing. You and I need to really know the truth about ourselves. Why am I, why, why am I feeling this way? Why, 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 am I, why am I motivated to do this thing this way? Self-awareness is, is big. Um, direction and discernment. Hey, I'm going through the valley of the shadow of death. I not only need you to be present with me, I need you to like watch my steps. <laughs> I need you to be a, a, a light unto my path for knowledge, for understanding about a situation, about God, again, about ourselves, about somebody else, for comfort, for encouragement, right? Uh, so let me just end, I guess, we have some examples in scripture. Let me just end with some stories that I can tell you for myself. Uh, a couple things. Um, you and I, and one of the things that we're going to talk about when we talk about uh, hearing and discerning God's voice is, uh, I, 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 want, I should say this too, it's not only up to you to figure it out. Yes, we have the spirit, and yes, he speaks to us, but we also are invited into a community where we can find trusted, loving people that we can figure these things out. A few weeks ago, I've been uh, on this journey where I was asking this question, um, that I learned from this from 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 another believer, and he says, "I ask God, um, what do I need to know and what do I need to do? Because I can't know what to do until I know what I need to know." And so, um, and so, uh, I had been asking that question about some things that I was processing with, and uh, I've been seeing a spiritual director uh, for uh, a little over a year. And spiritual direction is kind of like therapy, but it's a, a lot about self awareness and understanding. Um, like, hey, uh, listen to the Spirit's voice and being able to discern that. And, um, and, uh, and, and it's about becoming a, a healthier individual, and I needed to be a healthier individual spiritually. And so um, 
And so uh, I, I was telling Lee about these things, and I began to say, okay, um, this is what I'm hearing, and I, and I laid out several things, and, uh, and, and he said, here's what I hear. You're still asking the question, what do I need to do? And you're not settled in. Everything that you just told me is God saying, here's what you need to know. Here's what you need to know. Here's what you need to know. He said, but you keep running to, what do I need to do? And he said, you're not going to know what to do until you actually accept and receive this is what I needed to know <laughs> in the first place. And so I went to all the we need this. We need somebody who can come alongside us and can go, oh, you heard this from God. And they, um, maybe it's a trusted professional who has done this. Maybe it's just a, somebody who you love in your family who is the wise person. And there's wise people all, all around us, you know, um, that kind of thing. Um, I'll also tell you this. A few months ago, I was... Um, after Sam had died and after Diana had died, um, July, Sam died at the beginning of the, July, Diana died uh, at the beginning of August, and July was just a whirlwind of a month, and, um, and uh, I was busy, we were doing ministry here, we were hosting a foreign exchange student, we traveled all over uh, the hill country in Texas to show this foreign exchange student things, and I, and I was able to grow some awareness that I was very frustrated that I didn't have time to grieve my friend's death. And I told Lee this, and I said, I've not had time, and, and I can just sense that there's like this, this, this anger that's there that I don't have this time, and I thought, man, I'll get it next week, and I don't know why I thought this, because the next week, the boys were starting school, and it was going to be just as busy as any other week, and, um, and Terry and I were actually supposed to sit down, and we were supposed to meet about the discipleship intensive, and I told Brittany, I said, I'm so frustrated, because I wanted to have time this week to get away and to grieve um, Sam's death and Diana's death, and I just don't have time, and she said, well, don't make any meetings. I said, I have meetings all week long, and she said, what's your meeting tomorrow and I said my meeting tomorrow is with Terry about discipleship intensive and we need to get it done and she said I bet if there's anybody who would understand and give you a pass it would be Terry and I said you know what that sounds about right and so I texted Terry and I said Terry I need time to grieve and she said thank you for telling me this I support that 100%, and I would be mad if you hadn't taken that time. And she said, and now I know how to pray for you, my friend. And then she was able to send me some encouragement what she prayed about. And in that time, in that time, I took a journey with the Lord through worship and through prayer and through reading some other passages of things. I went back and I was able to read some the, some uh, text that I had from Diana, and um, and it began to occur to me that I was very blessed to be loved by Diana and Sam, and to be respected by them, and to be seen pastorally by them. And I walked away from that day, and the Lord just filled my heart with such a peace that, and I, and I remember writing it down, I'm aware of this, I'm aware that right now, I am so I'm so much more thankful that I had their friendship at all than I am sad about losing their friendship. And I said, this might ebb and flow. I, I don't know. It's like life's not a linear path, right? But it might not stay this way forever. And I walked away from that day 
in peace, good peace. And I've been able to walk in the strength of that. So I do miss Sam. And I do grieve Diana's death. But I can promise you this. I continue to think, man, I'm so much more thankful that I had my friends. They supported me. They encouraged me. They, uh, they trusted me. And I'm sad that I've lost my friends. And so it's been some food that I've been go, able to go in now for a few months. And maybe, maybe the, the Lord will bring me back into another season where he has to fill me up again. But right now, I'm so thankful for that stillness. So, my brothers and my sisters, when we think about hearing from the Lord, we, 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 we talk about a lot. But let's remember the image, the big image is that he's the shepherd. And the shepherd uh, leads us to where we can be nourished. He leads us. And, and he reminds us, even whenever he speaks, sometimes it's just a reminder that he's still with us. He's never left us. He's never forsaken us. And in his presence, we do. We get, we get correction, and we get guidance, and we get direction. We get truth. We get awareness about who we are. We get awareness about situations. <laughs> and the ones who know him, who know Jesus, you don't have to... You, you don't have to scratch and claw your way to hearing his voice those who know him those who know him will hear his voice and tonight as we come back we want to walk through and allow you to experience that together hearing God's voice by giving you some tools and resources so let's do this let's just bow our heads and close our eyes at this time and I would say this, do you know Jesus? Are you his sheep? Maybe today, as I, as I said, those who know Jesus, who are assured of that. But then I asked that question, maybe, maybe that's not what you're sure of. Are you sure of it? Do you know him?